Hello, everyone. This is your host, Brittany, and thank you for joining me on this week's episode of PCAT and Pre-Pharmacy Podcast, where we discuss everything pharmacy from the pre-pharmacy journey to life after pharmacy school. This week, I am joined by Shannon Thomason, my good sis, um, business owner, doctoral candidate, mom, wife, and so much more. We get a little personal and transparent this week as we discuss a variety of topics that can fall under the mental health umbrella. As we both, um, you know, wear many hats, we're a little bit older in doctoral programs, and we just, we kind of discuss a bunch of things like regarding our experiences, um, some things that we did to, you know, get through those experiences, and just like reflecting back on everything that happened. But the episode is really juicy. We both, um, you know, kind of disclosed some things that We never, you know, like really publicly said, however, we think it is very important um, to not skip that part while we're talking about this important topic. So, you know, grab some popcorn, grab your favorite drink. It is a bit of a longer episode, but you guys like those I've heard. Um, So, yeah, let's just get right in um, with the show. Hi everyone. This week I am joined by Shannon and you guys know every time we collab it's always something very good and juicy. Um, And of course this week as I mentioned in the uh, introduction we will be speaking on mental health uh, specifically for um, you know like doctoral students. Um, If you guys don't know and are new listeners um, Shannon is a uh, PhD candidate and as well as I am a you know doctorate a pharmacy candidate. Um, So we're just going to be speaking on our experiences of mental health uh, this far um, in our journey of our programs and just life overall as, you know, all of those things combine. Um, It's kind of hard to separate, you know, like school life and uh, personal life, all of those things at the end of the day kind of merge together. And we're just going to be talking about our experiences, um, how we've coped and have different coping techniques and just the importance overall of taking care of yourself and your mental health. So I will start with my experience. And I guess I can say I've really started paying attention to my mental health um, a couple of years ago because I am a very emotional person. So when things upset me and sometimes I have really deep feelings regarding, you know, it doesn't even have to be involving me. It could be, you know, involving somebody that I'm really close to. It really, you know, affects me emotionally. Um, so I kind of shut down. And I don't want you guys to think, well, that sounds like depression or something like that. I'll get to that later. And I definitely know the difference between depression and my emotional shutdown um, now that I've experienced both. But I kind of shut down. And until that issue is resolved, I don't I can't think about anything else. Um, it kind of just takes over my day and that ruined my um, you know, productivity and things I had to do. So I had to figure out ways um, to not, not, not to not attach myself. Um, <laughs> however, just um, coping techniques, which we will uh, be talking about a little bit later in the show. So um, other than that, 
moving on to grad school, it's just something about grad school that kind of sparks my anxiety and, you know, depression and things of that nature. I guess it's because, um, you know, adulting, everybody has to do that. And entering grad school, uh, being more, having things more competitive and more rigorous experiences, um, I really had to, well, it kind of made me pay more attention to my mental health. Um, so my during grad school, getting my master's, it was my first experience um, identifying my anxiety, uh, specifically having like anxiety attacks when, um, you know, like I was nervous, I anxious about something that was going on at the time. And um, I also experienced burnout uh, for the first time. I did have a lot of things going on as always, um, but I wasn't good at, um, you know, prioritizing and managing those things. I was starting a nonprofit. Um, I was also taking my prerequisites for pharmacy school. All of this happening um, while I was doing my master's. I also moved back to my hometown in Chicago. So I was living with my parents. Um, it was just a lot of things going on. And so those things, I'll talk about the coping, you know, techniques that I did for my anxiety versus depression. And sometimes they kind of collide together. Um, but fast tracking to pharmacy school, uh, I was accepted into pharmacy school for fall of uh, 2021. Oh, no, 2020. I'm sorry, my years are mixed up 2020 last fall. And I uh, experienced depression. Um, I want to say the second month of starting my program, I didn't realize what it was. I just knew that, um, I guess you might want to call it functional depression because I would do everything I had to do. I went to class. I did my work. I was doing good on those things, but things outside of, you know, scheduled things, uh, like studying on my own it was taking me so long to, you know, start doing those things. And that's when I kind of noticed that, you know, I might de be depressed. Um, I started speaking to, we have like a guidance counselor um, at my school where they kind of help you merge your personal life um, and study techniques and things of that nature. Because in my program, it is a distance program. And the population of my cohort is older students. We have families. Um, some of them are military. They have, um, you know, we're just older than the, I guess you want to say typical student, um, 30s, 40s, changing career paths and things of that nature. So they're really supportive on that front. However, at the time, I just don't think that I was absorbing the help. I didn't know how to absorb that help. So um, that ended up in me having to take like a medical withdrawal from school. Uh, so I did not finish my first semester um, all the way, and I will be returning to school in this fall, August. And I, at the time, you know how you do things that, you know, you have to do things because it's a deadline or something like that, but in your mind, you're not quite comfortable with what's going on. So um, that was just the best decision that me and my advisor had came up with um, in order for me to continue you know, not let this hinder me down the road um, of my educational path. So I went ahead and applied for the medical withdrawal. They approved it and things of that nature. But I really didn't come to terms with it 
until probably like February of this year. Um, you know, I knew that it was the best thing for me. I knew that, you know, I will be going back to school eventually, but I just wasn't happy because I felt like I was letting myself down after all the, you know, years, basically it took for me to get to this point. I felt like I was letting my family and friends down. And I felt like I was actually letting, um, you know, my following or people like that down. That's why I really haven't said anything until now. Um, because I just, first of all, I wasn't comfortable with it. And now that I'm a little bit more comfortable with it, I want to share my experience um, just in case anybody else may have gone through or going through or may come, you know, upon this um, later on in their journey, that it's okay. And you can take your time with, you know, accepting it and things of that nature, but always realizing that you have to do what's best for you at the end of the day. So um, I think that's where I'm going to end it because I don't want to really go into my coping techniques just yet. So I will let Shannon um, share her experience with you guys. Oh, man. So it was like so many parallels <clears throat> just listening to your story with mine. I am super emotional as well. And I think um, the older I got and the I have two kids, by the way, um, as many of you um who follow me know I've been married for 10 years now have two kids eight was well, soon to be eight and three and um it is it's a lot and I feel like my pregnancies have increased my emotional state um like a lot so when they say that when you have kids it really changes your body it really does like change everything not just the physical but it changes the um chemical balance within your body and I know Brittany can definitely talk to you know speak to that being a pharmacist um you know as far as you know when you're taking different medications and things like that and how it can you know definitely play on your um your psyche so for me I'm going to actually start from now and work my way back um I actually took a leave of absence myself um, last year, I was experiencing burnout as well. I was, um, you know, functioning um, anxiety slash depression slash postpartum, you know, person. And I, um, you know, I was managing, I was not living or experiencing my doctoral um, process, I was just kind of going through the motions. I, you know, had a 3.9 GPA, which I didn't even realize that because I was really just functioning and trying to make sure that, you know, I got my work done, you know, just like Brittany was saying, you know, you're just trying to make sure things are getting done. You know, if it's on the, on the planner, on the schedule, making sure that it's getting done. And I got, I had started um, my consulting practice and my coaching business um, the year prior. And I was just going and going and going and going and going. Even after I had my um, my son, who um, will be three next month, I didn't stop. Like I literally, I just kept going, <clears throat> excuse me. And I never stopped. So last June, it came, it, like it finally came to a head. I was super emotional. I mean, I was really moody. It was like really, really bad. And um, I had started seeing a therapist 
which was my husband's recommendation. Um, you know, so thank God for that for him. But my um, academic advisor, who is now my director, because I now work at Adler University in the um, Department of Student Experience and Academic Advising, my um, then academic advisor said, you know, you may want to take a term or two off. You know, and when she said that, I kind of, you know, paused, like, wait a minute. No, we don't do that. We keep going through. We have to finish this. We got to get done with class. You know, we have our social justice practicum coming up. You know, we have all this stuff. And, you know, when she's talking about, you know, a term or two, you know, that was, that would have been, you know, summer going into, you know, the fall and, you know, possibly me starting back up January of 2021. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. 2020 is already throwing everybody for a loop, you know, so we don't want to add more. Um, but at Adler, they have um, leaves of absences for both the master's and doctoral students um, where doctoral students can take up to six leaves of absences. Two of them can be taken consecutively. So I, and by the direction of my then academic advisor, my primary care physician, who I've been seeing since I was 16, and my therapist all kind of, you know, did like this um, non- informal intervention and was like, yeah, you need to take time off from everything. And when they meant everything, they meant everything. They meant from school and from my business. So from June of last year until December for six months, I did not, I was not in school. Um, I stopped my, uh, my business for the entire summer and didn't pick that back up until September. And my therapist was like, just do nothing, do absolutely nothing. And, you know, us functional, um, <laughs> us functional mental health people, and even Brittany can attest to this. You're like, what do you mean do nothing? Like, what, is, like, what do you mean? Like, am I just sitting all day or am I doing some stuff here and there? You know, but I was really told to do nothing. Um, but I you know, it was just going through the motions and had really been suffering from um, depression and anxiety um, for a number of years, really. Um, I'll probably say maybe over 10 years. And just now and being able to figure out what works best for me. And it's different for every, every person. You know, everybody experiences things differently. Everybody um looks at their journey differently yeah I've been going through it for you know almost 10 years and no I don't want people thinking like oh my god it's gonna be that long am I gonna you know suffer through this for that long no I had you know spouts of where if things were great I had spouts when things you know were, were you know weren't so great um but you know not going too far into like the coping of it um you know as Brittany said we're gonna get to that later but I dealt with it and it's something that you still deal with. You know, I have my moments now where I feel anxious and I feel overwhelmed, but, you know, I found ways that were, you know, for me um, in, in my self-care journey um, and, you know, just so many other things that, you know, it, it takes a minute. You have to really figure out what works best for you. 
you know, like you really, really do. Britney's coping, you know, when we talk about them, may look totally different from mine. They may be the same, you know, but I did. I felt like, you know, Britney was saying, like, I'm letting so many people down, you know, and for me, I'm a very spiritual person. I felt like, you know, God had blessed me with so many different opportunities. How can I let him down? and not push forward and keep going and, you know, achieving these amazing things that I've prayed for and I, you know, that I've, you know, manifested and, you know, put down for my goals, but, you know, it's, it's okay to not be okay. Like it really, really is. What's not okay is to not do anything about it, you know, and there's too many resources that are out here to help people. Um, who are in situations, you know, like we are. So you just have to figure out what works best, you know, for you. And I'm hoping that when me and Brittany share our coping, um, you know, skills and what we did, maybe, you know, someone who's in the same boat, was in the same boat as we were, you know, can definitely take to those and jot them down and try them out for themselves. Definitely, definitely. And thank you, Shannon, for sharing your experience. Um, like I said, for me, this is something that I haven't told anybody that was outside of my inner circle. So, um, you know, this is just kind of therapeutic for us <laughs> right now <laughs> as well. Um, and I do want to add that I forgot to mention this point, which was very um I guess you said can say a major component and also my withdrawal and what I was going through um, during my first semester of school. I had ended my very, very long-term relationship during all of this at the same time. Um, and I had also, if you guys don't follow me on like social media or anything, you know that I'm from Chicago. Um, but I moved back to Dallas. I used to live um, in Dallas before I started my master's program. I moved back to Dallas um, during all this. And not saying that the moving process was the stressful part, um, like moving being away from my... Period. <laughs> right, that's what I said. Like the moving away wasn't, like being away from my family or anything wasn't the stressful point because I'm used to being away from my family. I left home when I went away to college and I never went back. I'm not saying that my family is any issue or Chicago is any issue. I love my city and I love my family. I just felt like I've been there all my life and I've done everything that I could do in Chicago. And it was time for me to, you know, explore my options elsewhere. And I love Dallas. And um, Dallas is kind of the place where, you know, I became an adult. Um, I, you know, been on my own and things of that nature. So I just really, really love it here. And I was missing it. Like I had missed being in Dallas and the life that it gave me. Um, like I said, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain it without people thinking of it in a negative way if you never experienced this, but it was nothing. If you looked at it and you knew my life, it was nothing wrong with Chicago at all or being at home with my family. I just did not prefer to be there. And it was really something that I had to kind of explain to my mom 
um, when I decided that, you know, I wanted to move again, that was always the plan. Uh, I was kind of just waiting to see what pharmacy school I was going to get to before I um, decided where I was going to move. Um, and also taking an extra semester due to that was what was best for my uh, relationship with my partner um, financially for both of us and um, individually at the time. So that's why I waited uh, to move. But like explaining to her, it's nothing wrong with you. Like, I love you. I love being here with my family, being able to see you guys. But mentally, I need to be back in Dallas. I need to be back in my space. I need to, you know, like be here for my um, mental sanity <laughs> so I can, um, you know, flourish and um, keep going with this process of my coping and things of that nature. So that's what we're going to talk about right now um, are some of our coping techniques. And I really feel like identifying what's going on will be the first major step. Uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Cause like I said, I didn't know, like I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what was wrong. And so if you don't know what's going on, you don't know how to fix it. So identifying you have an anxiety, um, depression, anything like that is definitely the first major step that, um, really helped me. I actually started seeing a, uh, therapist with, um, when I left school, uh, which was very, very helpful, even though it was kind of like a short-term, um, thing. I'm actually looking for something long-term right now. Um, so I'm going to continue therapy, but before, uh, pharmacy school, and I had like anxiety attacks and things. I definitely relied on a weighted blanket. I started doing yoga, love yoga, love the way it makes me feel, especially if I do it in the morning and um, doing my breathing exercises, meditating, praying and things like that. Even if something comes in me during the day, it just it's like, OK, I can handle this. Like I don't get all worked up about it after I do like these specific practices to start my day um I started using like essential oils um learning yeah. about them you have a diffuser yes uh, almost in every room oh, <laughs> just about. Me too. oh my god <laughs> I have one right at my front door so as soon as you come in you're hit with like yeah this amazing like aura definitely you need to drop this as soon as you come in my house I feel yes. and leave it at the door you're not coming in here with that energy <laughs> definitely and that's another thing like I'm really big on energy um with moving I I don't know it's hard to explain unless you really understand I didn't have a specific look I wanted for my house but I knew how I wanted it to feel so with trying to find the things that make me feel the way I wanted to feel was you know the decorating part but I knew the feel and the flow and the vibe that I wanted my apartment to you know express so that's very therapeutic for me finding you know like pieces and things like that decorating organizing planning you know those are all therapeutic for me uh which I found out <laughs> more recently um, some other coping things. I've always been a very spiritual person as well. Um, but more recently I've started to get, um, more involved in church, um, with different ministries and especially with things, uh, being 
virtual now, uh, it was easier because I didn't have to try to figure out how to beat across town to get to church for this meeting and that meeting. I could just log on. And I'm actually still a part of, very evolved with my church still in Chicago. Um, which I love, I'm part of a women's group. They're teaching you, you know, like how to pray, fasting, things of that nature, just getting deeper into um, my relationship with God has really helped. Um, and it's also, I feel like not only helped me, but helped my relationships on how I, you know, I guess must, um, you know, cope with those relationships and flow with relationships with other people, you know, helping yourself is helping other people. <laughs> and so for the depression part, I have, um, like I said, I started therapy. I also started taking medication, um, which was kind of a big thing for me in the beginning. Like, I think people have misconceptions regarding medication. Like, it's not all medications aren't like the ones that kind of deaden you or, you know, like you're just don't have any feelings or anything like that. And I had multiple questions for my doctor. I had multiple questions with my family members who's also have um, spirit experience depression. And I'm just like, does it help? Does it like suppress your feelings? Like, do you not feel in <laughs> like all of these things? And, um, you know, being in pharmacy school, like I'm, you know, I'm just a baby um, pharmacist right now. So I still had to learn those things myself. Like there are different medications for different things. Not all of them, you know, depending on which medication you're taking, you know, make you numb or just a vegetable or, you know, you can't feel anything. So going, learning the differences, um, understanding the differences of the medication, you know, I'm a nerd about medication anyway. So it was very enlightening for me to know the difference. And I can really say I'm not dependent on the medication. I've also found vitamins and things of that nature um, that help. But I can tell the difference um, when I don't take it and when I do take it and when I don't do certain practices like my yoga, breathing, and meditation, I could definitely tell the difference within my day. And also for you ladies, this may be a little bit TMI, but I found <laughs> that before my cycle, I was crazy. <laughs> I don't want to say, I don't, I don't like using that word, but I could tell I was a different person um yeah, as well as what ego. was going on <laughs> I was a different we'll person the alter ego <laughs> <laughs> yes and it came to a point where I felt within myself like okay so I I joke with my friends like I feel like I'm all the Disney evil queens at one time like all of them <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to feel this way. Like, I feel like I don't want to feel this way because I could be at work or something like that. I don't, usually when I feel that way, I'm mute. So people don't really know what's going on other than I'm not talking because I don't know what I'm going to say. Um, So I just really be quiet during those periods. But into myself, I'm like, I don't like this feeling. I don't want to feel this way. So birth control has definitely helped along with my, you know, uh, anxiety medication has definitely helped. And I also found a vitamin. It's called Moody Bird. It's by um, Hum, H-U-M. Um, they're like a supplement company. And it definitely helps. That's, it's, um, 
they say it's, you know, like for the PMS symptoms and things like that. And for, um, that was another reason why I got on the medication. Actually, my gynecologist um, recommended the medication for those reasons specifically, but overall taking it, you know, daily as a maintenance medication, it has helped, you know, my mood and things overall. Um, I do want to say planning has definitely helped everything because you get anxious when you you know, you don't know, you don't think you know how to do something, or you don't think you know how to execute something, or maybe you waited to the last minute, you know, to do something that, you know, won't take just, you know, a few minutes. Um, so planning and being organized has definitely helped in that. I made a promise to myself because last year I wasn't using my planner very much because I just didn't want to deal with what I had to do basically. So if I didn't write it down, then it wasn't going to happen. So <laughs> I had dedicated, um, you know, made a promise to myself that I was going to start being more thorough in my planning again, as I was before, um, just to, you know, get stuff done, um, help ease my anxiety. I know what's in front of me. I can break down the steps, you know, and I'm still having um, just having so much going on my organization. Uh, working, um, you know, life and everything. I'm still having a little bit of issues with trying to figure out how to get everything done, basically. Um, but planning has definitely helped um, a lot, a lot. So <laughs> those are things so, that have helped me. <laughs> and like, and that thing for me, I'm the, I'm gonna start with like the whole um, TMI. Um, <laughs> I thought that was just hilarious. And you know, we just, we just, I mean, honestly, we're being transparent today anyway. So, Definitely. you know, if, if, if you weren't looking for transparency, you're getting it today. <laughs> so I think for me, see, I, so I'm, I'm 36. I just turned 36 in May and I am finding out all these new things about my body. And yes, ladies, the older you get, and you, you know, you find out different things. You don't, you, you know, your body for where it is at the age and the point in your life of where you are right now. You don't know how, for example, 40 year old Brittany is going to be. We don't know her because she's not here yet. So when she gets yeah. here, then we're going to find out who she is. Yeah, because I definitely want to say uh, these PMS symptoms are PMDD and whatever my research is. Um, I didn't have these before. Yeah. Like, I didn't have that bad. Like I was, I knew I was irritable. So like a little mitol with the, you know, a pampering with the right. irritable, um, things in there, they will do, but they're not going to do right now. So, and I'm, I'm 31 right now. So these so, things did not happen before. <laughs> see, so, and all this, and, and ladies, because everybody, we're going to tie this all back into mental health. All of this is about the body. It's about chemicals. And even for men, I joke with my husband, like, okay, look, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, you're PMSing, but men, seriously, they go through that too. They have yeah. those moments too. Everybody has those chemical, weird up and down things that play, you know, on our psyche. So it's, it's a real thing. Um, even for those people who are unable to lose weight and you're working out, it's possibly a chemical thing. And it's not a, you know, you not doing everything or eating everything that you're supposed to be doing. Our body also has a chemical makeup. So 
Um, I say that to say you gotta pay attention to stuff like this. And this is thing, these are things that I learned and I'm still learning during my uh, my journey, you know, through you know, better mental health and self-care, you know, during my my life, you know, not just through the doctoral process, but through my entire life. Um, but you know, I, you know, like I said, I just turned 36 in May, and my, our youngest will be three next month. Soon, shortly after I had, I gave birth to him, I did not have my cycle. And I thought there was something going on. So you're talking about three years ago, people, mm-hmm. you know, I stopped having a cycle. So I'm like, yo, what is going on? And come to find out, you know, I went to my, you know, my OBGYN after I had him. He said, oh, you're fine. You're, you know, there's something wrong. You're just premenopausal. And I'm like, wait, what? Already? You know, and in the you know the 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 woman in me is like, oh yes, let's let's do this. No more cycles, you know. So I even um, you know talked to my primary care and talked. I talked to my mother. You know, we got to talk to our 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 people. We got to talk to our family because a lot of things are rooted in our DNA and they're genetic. And for me, my mother, she started early too. She started, she was 35, 37 when she started. So that's genetic. So for me, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. There's nothing wrong with me. You know, this is just how my genetics are. Are they just set up that way? So I'm learning a different Shannon. You know, I'm learning the hot flash Shannon. I'm learning, you know, the more irritable Shannon, you know, without the you know the 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 monthly visitor per se but I still have those same mental irritable you know get away from me or I'm super moody somebody come hold me kind of you know moments and um you know I like I said I I started therapy that really helped because I was in a very very low and dark place it's like the lowest and the darkest um, time I've ever experienced, um, in my life. And I'm being completely transparent. Um, I did not want to harm myself, but it was a situation where I didn't want to be here. It's like, if I could disappear and then come back and all my problems are solved, then that's what I would want to do. Um, again, I did not want to harm myself, but it's like, I just didn't want to be in this space. Like the space that I was in, the environment that I was in was just too much. So I started seeing a therapist who was amazing. And I actually just got discharged from therapy this month. I miss her already. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I started therapy and then I did not want to start medication at first. I I, I tried medication years ago and it did give me those kind of robotic, you know, mm-hmm. weird feelings where it's like, I knew I should be sad, but I'm not sad. And then I'm like psychoanalyzing myself, like, wait a minute, you should be sad, but you're not sad and you're not crying, but you should be. So it was just too much. Um, so, you know, I, um, you know, started seeing a therapist, like I said, who was great. Talked to my primary care, my primary care again, I've been seeing her since I was 16 and I'm saying this to everyone, get you a really good primary care physician that will listen to you mm-hmm. and that will be on team you. You know, you need somebody great and do not be afraid to ask questions. When you go to the pharmacy, if they're prescribing you medications, ask questions. 
Um, honestly, and what I found from my nutritionist that I'm seeing is that sometimes the doctors, they don't really know all of the side effects and all of the, you know, end windows with the medications. Your pharmacist, because they know all the medications that you're taking, they can tell you what is going to, you know, interact with what you're currently taking. So, you know, you have that secondary source of your pharmacist. So please, like, if you go to the same pharmacy, ask your, ask your pharmacist, hey, I'm you see the medications I'm taking. Is this going to counteract? Is this something I just need to talk to my doctor again? But we have to get in the habit of asking questions. We can't just take what, you know, even what experts say, you have to still do your due diligence to make sure that it's going to work for you. Um, but yeah. Shout I, out I, to the pharmacist. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to the pharmacist because I didn't know that my, my nutritionist actually um, was a pharmacist, you know? So I was like, shout, like, I'm gonna start doing that. I'm gonna start grilling my pharmacist. <laughs> like, yo, um, you know what I'm taking? Is this gonna, you know, mess me up or, you know, what's going on? So yes, please ask your pharmacist. They are not just there to get you your, your, you know, your medications and, you know, your clearance indeed, because they, you know, that stuff is over the counter. So was well, not over the counter is behind the pharmacy. So, you know, ask questions, but, you know, mm -hmm. I started seeing, um, started with my therapist, was still seeing my, my primary care, who I love her to death. Um, shout out to Lisa Erickson. Love you so much. Um, she actually wanted me when she found out when I told her I was having these issues, I had, she wanted me to meet with her weekly. She said, we're going to set up weekly meetings because I want to know what's going on with you, you know, all that jazz. So between her and my therapist, you know, we would meet, um, you know, and like I said, I didn't start off taking medications. I told my therapist I didn't want to do it. Um, so she's like, okay, well, you know, we'll try some more holistic, um, you know, um, coping mechanisms like journaling or um, listening more to your body. You know, if you feel like for me, my, um, I felt in my, um, my chest, literally it was like a heaviness or I, it, it was just a weird feeling that would always sit in my chest and everybody's anxiety and their depression, it sits differently within your body from what I've been learning. So for me, it would sit in my, in my chest or my, my upper torso, my torso area. So I would literally have to stop and just breathe, like just pause and get really quiet. And when I did that physically and mentally, it started to calm me down. So that was my body's way of saying, almost like a computer, I'm overworking and I need to be, you know, cooled down. So I have to, and this is a coping mechanism that I still do to this day. I have days where I do not want to talk to anyone and that's okay. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm you know, um, hiding myself from anyone, but it's me saying I need, this is my me time because right now I'm feeling very overwhelmed by something. And sometimes, and Brittany, I'm not sure if your, you know, experience with anxiety and burnout and depression has done this to you, but sometimes you do not know what triggered it. And that happens for me. Sometimes I do not know. And my husband always asks, well, what happened? You know, he started even asking more questions. What happened? What did you do? Because he's not trying to figure out, is it something that he can take off of my plate mm -hmm. to help me calm down? And I had to explain to him, my husband is very analytical. He's, he has an engineer mindset. So he's very, you know, analytical and logical. So to him, it's like something happened 
to cause this effect. And I had to explain to him, sometimes nothing happens that causes this effect. It's just, you get overwhelmed, you know? So I have to pause. And I have sometimes days where I just get my diffuser. I mind you, I use my diffuser every day, every single day, like all day, every day. I use my diffuser. Um, I got a weighted blanket. There are some days for me where I just need my weighted blanket. I need my tablet to watch my favorite shows and my diffuser. And that just calms me down. I just need to be left alone. So that way I can calm down and be a better Shannon, a better, you know, wife, a better mom, and, you know, a better everything else to everybody. Because if we overwork ourselves, we, we, your, your, your first, you know, primary care is to yourself. Even as a wife and a mom, my main uh, responsibility is to myself. And I'm saying this again, as a wife and as a mom, your first primary care is to yourself. Because if you are not healthy and whole, you can't do anything for your family. And I guarantee your babies, they feel that. When I was in that really, really deep, nasty part of my depression and anxiety, my baby at the time, he would come to me and he would wipe my tears and he would, uh, can you hear me still? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I didn't know if you could hear me. Um, my um, baby would wipe my tears and he would bring his toys in the room. He would crawl into my office and bring his toys and he would sit with me. And it made me feel bad. I'm like, this baby is not even a year old and he's sensing that something isn't right with his mom. And it break, it, even now, like, you know, it's like I'm fighting back the tears because, you know, as a mom, it's like you don't want your kids to see you in that state. But my babies, they saw me in that state. And even to this day, with me being better than I was then, anytime I sniff Brittany, he turns around runs to me and wipes my face at this there's tears there and he goes oh mama and I'm like no hunter mommy's fine I just sniffed but in his his little mind his two-year-old mind he remembers when mommy would sniff she was crying so don't think that your children are too young to understand what's going on they may not be able to communicate that with you but my baby who is two will he'll be three next month when mommy sniffs, he runs to me and he wipes my face because he thinks I'm crying. He, you know, equates mommy sniffing to crying. And I don't take that as anything bad because he he's more attentive to his mom's feelings. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell him, no, baby, mommy just sniffed. I'm fine. See, and I'll sniff again so he can see it. And he'll look at my face really, really intensely. And he said, okay, she is okay. You know, but you know, dealing with my therapist and my therapist, she even knew that I was a very, you know, spiritual person. You know, she, you know, would say, you know, you know the scripture, you know the word, because we talked about that stuff in, in therapy, you know, and when it got to the point where I did not want, where I wasn't getting better, she was like, okay, look, we've been doing a holistic approach, doing journaling, you know, prayer, meditation, you know, she said, talk to your pastor, you know, she was pulling all the stops, you know, we pulling all, everybody, the whole village is getting pulled in on this, you know, she was like, we need to look at medication, 
She's like, because you're not getting better. She said, I know you don't want to do it. And even my, my, my primary care, she was like, look, I've been knowing you since you were 16. I know you don't like me. I know you prefer the holistic way. She was like, but you're not getting better. So again, I had to listen to the people who have my best interest at heart. And you'll know, you'll know who has your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I was like, okay, fine, we'll do it. I said, but I want the lowest dosage. Mm -hmm. I said, we're going we gonna to do a happy medium. I want the lowest dosage. So I, you know, they put me on my medication. And one of the side effects that I had was me being very, very sleepy. But it only lasted for about two weeks. It was just my body's way of getting, you know, used to the medication. And every medication is different, mm -hmm. um, you know, as far as the, the um, effects it has on your body. But you have to pay attention to that, too. Um, so, you know, I started um, taking my, my vitamins, you know, like I was supposed to. My husband even started looking at um, different holistic vitamins. I think one of them was elderberry that dealt with, um, you know, anxiety. And I also had really bad sinuses. So, um, you know, elderberry also helped with that as well. Um, and, it, and it helped, it helped. Um, so then I started taking more vitamin D. I live in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Anybody knows Midwest, Michigan, we don't get that much sun up here. So our vitamin D, and that's another reason why us Michiganders are a little bit off because we don't get that much sun up here and we get that much vitamin D. So, you know, I started taking vitamin D, um, you know, to help. And this is actually one of my sorority sisters who suggested this. She is like a vitamin nut, you know, <laughs> and she noticed how sluggish I was. And, you know, she was like, if you try vitamin D, you know, we live in Michigan. We got to take some vitamin D. So, I, I, you know, I, you know, she's, you know, you always got, and Brittany, you know, is also in a sorority. So, you know, you always got that one lion sister, you know, that, you know, is always into everything. You kind of be yeah. looking at her like, mm, you know what? Mm -mm. <laughs> I listened to her and, you know, I, I started taking my vitamin D and it helped. I truly noticed a difference when I started taking the vitamin D and then I started taking my B12 again, because that helps with, you know, your immune system. And again, with me, having such um, issues with allergies and sinuses, B12 is my best friend. Me and B12 go way back. <laughs> um, but I started taking my B12. So I would take my vitamins. I'm taking, you know, my, uh, my anxiety, you know, medications. And then I was on, prior to having my son, I was on a fitness journey. I lost 80 pounds before having my baby. Love him to death, but he gave me all those 80 pounds back. <laughs> so now I'm trying to get it back off. I think I've lost maybe like 20 or 30 of the 80, but it's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And just FYI, since we was on the TMI, you know, boat mm -hmm. earlier, for women that have more than one child and, and Brittany, in the future, if you have more than one kid, the reason, and I, I asked, again, I asked questions. I asked my weight management doctor, why can't I lose the weight faster this time than I did the last time? Mm -hmm. And you know what he said to me? And I love Dr. Sam with all my heart. He said, you full of shit. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And he, he was like, no, literally. He was like, women who have more than one kid, you know, your body, your chemical balance changes. So with the chemical balance changing, you don't get rid of your waste as much. Mm -hmm. he said so it's harder for you to lose the weight and I was like 
that makes so much sense. <laughs> so again, it's about asking these questions. For me, and like my journey is different than Brittany's because I am older than Brittany. I have two kids. So my body has went through some stuff, you know? So for me, mine was, it was a combination of all of these changes that I didn't realize that I was going through within my own physical body. Now, it wasn't just mental, like it was everything. Like my entire being was changing. Mentally, I was going through stuff. Physically, I was going through stuff. So my body is literally fighting with itself to figure out who is Shannon? Like, who are we right now? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, this is not the same Shannon from a year ago, two years ago. We don't, we don't know who we are right now because mm -hmm. it's all this stuff that's going on, you know? So thank God I've, you know, we've gone to the doctors and asking questions and telling them this is who I'm seeing. I'm also seeing, you know, this person and that person. So everybody knew who I was seeing. Every, everybody knew who was all in the relationship. Mm -hmm. It wasn't no secrets. We all knew this is the whole collective. This is all the medications. This is everything. And as I got deeper into therapy, then um, they wanted me to see a psychologist. Mm -hmm. No, a psychiatrist. I'm sorry, see a psychiatrist. So now, Brittany, I'm thinking, okay, I'm really jacked up. No. Y'all got me seeing a therapist, my primary care. I'm on LOA from school. I'm not supposed to be working. And y'all want me to see a psych now? Like, really? Mm -hmm. So I really thought that I, I, I broke down and cried that day. I called my mother and I cried and I said, you know, Lisa wants me to see, you know, um, you know uh, um, a, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. I keep getting a mix of a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And my mother was like, but thank God that she's saying you need more help mm -hmm. versus saying, I don't know what to do to help you. She was like, I know, she's like, my mother is not one for taking medication. She was like, I know that's not how I raised y'all. We know we do this the more healthy, holistic way. She was like, but, you know, thank God that you have it, have that resource to use. Definitely. You know, so started seeing her, um, talked to my pastor. My, pa my pastor gave me this amazing book called Pigs in the Parlor. And I read that book. And it really, it did something to me and it really, really helped. So I started looking at things in a different way because that book really talked about, um, you know, traumas and, and how even in the womb as a child, when people are speaking ill of you, when, when your mother may not want you or when your mother herself is going through things and, you know, you're in her womb, you feel that mm -hmm. and that past trauma does come back and manifests itself into something along your you know childhood your teenage years your adult years it comes back mm -hmm. so you know for us you know black folks when you know they say don't let everybody touch you when you're pregnant don't let you know you can't be around all that energy it is true you know it is true people don't touch pregnant women Leave, leave them alone let them have let them be let them have that good positive energy because that does affect them um you know and then you know I, I got back into my weight management and my weight management doctor even said to me until we get you mentally healthy you're not going to lose the weight mm -hmm. 
So then I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna be fat and sad at the same time. Like I was just like, like no, no, this gotta go. We gotta change this. We gotta no. change it. So I'm like, okay, Shannon, we gotta get it together. You know, so it I, I just start working at it. I start journaling. My planner is my best friend. Um, I have I have I've been slacking like Brittany on it, you know, because it's just you're just trying to figure out, you know, where you are and where you're gonna go and how you're gonna use it. But I look back on some of my old planners and I'm like, man, I was brightening this sucker like all day, every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I started getting back into my planners and I started journaling. I am one where I have to, I, I have to pray, write my prayers out. So I started getting back into that. Um, I started reading more books that would help me, things, you know, that were leisure. If I felt like I didn't want to do any work that day and I didn't, I, I could do that. I'm not, I'm not doing that work that day. I'm not doing anything because this is my body's way of telling me we need to relax. We need to chill out. So I listen to my body and my mind more now than I ever have before. Sometimes I do have to push through because it could be where, okay, you, we can't be lazy and leisure all day. It's good times to have it, but we can't do it all day. Um, like Brittany, I started getting up in the morning. Um, actually, we get up like around 5.30 in the morning now and I do yoga and I do meditation um, at least for about 45 minutes. And I try to do that um, at least every day or not every day, three day, three times a week. Um, I, I also started praying more in the morning. If I would wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I would just say a quick prayer or I would cut on some like some really good feel good, you know, spiritual music. And I would just listen to it as I slept. And it made me feel really, really good because it, cal- it just calmed me. Those are things that just worked for me. Um, I started seeing a nutritionist and um, actually back up a little bit. So I started with Adler. I'm back in school, started back up in January and I had to start doing what's called a social justice practicum. So with me having to do more stuff now than I had to do before with my business, me working at the university, getting ready to start my dissertation, I started doing things that were more intentional for me, but it still um, achieved the goals that I needed to achieve for work and for school and for my personal life. So for my social justice practicum, I decided to work with my mentor, who's also my nutritionist, with Sarah Deputy Nutrition and Wellness. And we are actually hosting a, um, a retreat this summer called the Black Woman's Mind, Body, and Soul Experience. And it will be held at the end of July, where it's going to be a full-on all-day self-care. We're going to be doing yoga, meditations. We're going to have vendors. We're going to, you know, have those hard talks. You know, we're going to give, you know, tips and tools on how to take care and be a better you. And then we're also going to do one for teens and tweens. Um, later on, um, at the end of August, called Today I Love Me for Me experience, where it's teaching young girls to not wait until they get older or wait until they're, you know, at a certain point in their life to be excited and love them, you know, love themselves. Then we want them to do that now. So I intentionally chose to work with her as my nutritionist and for this um, PhD project because I knew it would force me to start making sure I took better care of myself. Because if I'm doing these things, you know, researching all these techniques and these coping um, mechanisms for other women, I can't talk about them if I haven't experienced them. Mm -hmm. 
So um, we, her and I started doing mock consultations where um, we went over my entire medical history and we talked about, you know, the medications and we talked about, you know, make sure you read your blood work when you go to the doctor and talking about, you know, taking naps. I love naps. <laughs> naps and me are best friends. I will take a nap in a heartbeat. Like literally if I didn't have nothing to do, even it's even though it's going on 11 o'clock here in Michigan, I would take another nap if when I got done talking to Brittany, <laughs> if I didn't have other work to do. I promise y'all I would. And I would be so happy. <laughs> Um, with my weighted blanket and my diffuser, you know, but I decided I was being more intentional with the things that I was doing with my professional and my personal life. So me working with her is also another coping um, or another, you know, thing that I decided to do for myself. Because with me, I have to talk to her every week for my project and she's constantly checking in on me. You know, what have you been doing? What have you been eating? Because what you eat also affects your mood too. You know, so I, it, it took a minute. It's a journey. And I know I just went over a lot, but it's a journey. And you have to figure out what really works for you. You have to figure out what, you know, what, what you like to do. Um, and the only way that you can really do that is by testing things out. If you feel like, you know, hey, me and Brittany, we are heavy into planners. Like, okay, let me try a planner. If it don't work for you, okay, scrap it and try something else. But don't look at it as, a, oh, whoa, it's me. I can't find what works for me. Look at it as you taking yourself on this amazing journey of rediscovering who you are for the, you know, betterment of your mental health. And, you know, it's a treat. It's something that you're doing for you. You know, but we have to be able to take better care of ourselves. We have to listen to our bodies. And, you know, even though me and Brittany are farther along in our journey than where we are, were this time last year, mm-hmm. you know, we still got work to do. We still have our moments, mm-hmm. you know, but we, we're, we're quick to acknowledge it, though. I think, you know, Brittany, would you say we're more, you know, able to acknowledge it now than before and say, okay, let's pause and me figure out what's going on with me and then I can get back to my normal routine. Definitely, and also definitely. being vulnerable yes, with definitely. other people as well and being transparent with those that you need to be transparent with. Definitely. And I like that you said, okay, touching back on your part about asking questions, not only asking the right questions, but asking the right people, because you can ask a primary care physician or the pharmacist or whatever question, and they don't give you the the not correct answer but the proper answer so you have to find the ones like I know um, I'm a little sad right now that I have to find another uh, therapist because you know like I said the program I was in it was only short term and because I was going through so much at the time I didn't care I just wanted help right then and I loved my therapist and their program is not long term at all Um, So I will have to start over another 12 weeks or like I said, just find somebody different that will be long term. And I hear people saying all the time, well, I don't like my therapist. And I hear finding a therapist is kind of like dating. And so that's (laughs) what I'm a little (laughs) um, afraid of. But I am um, hopefully find the right person. I'm like, geez, I found the right person the first time. And like we just really meshed very well. So I'm going to see if she has any recommendations. But I do. I did love her um and also um you spoke on something I couldn't remember Uh, maybe it'll come back to me but I wanted to uh just note something 
me, Shannon and I are both African-American and not everything has to go back to race, but some, some things do like, you just can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just can't, uh, can't get over it. it. You, right. can't, you can't ignore it. So for me, I am a first generation student in undergrad, master's, doctoral for my family. So a lot of these experiences, I, um, I'm experiencing it for the first time and I, I don't get any, um, I don't have anyone to like go to regarding um, like what did they do during the situation and that's why I love my podcast and that's why I love uh, what I do on social media for you know people like me uh, trying to break these generational curses and that's why I am so adamant about figuring out what's wrong with me so I can be of better guidance to my children or to like mentees or things like that later on because I did the work now. And um, I just like to provide, you know, a little bit of information that I can for people who, you know, like people like me are first generation. They don't really have um, much of a guidance and you don't really what I had to learn in my journey of um, when I was trying to find public health pharmacists specifically that I don't want to. And also um, during my planning journey, I would go back to my planners like, why can't I just get back on this kind of routine? I had to learn that I'm different now than when I was before and Mm -hmm. everybody does things differently. And I, I want to take tips and hints and things of what I've done before, but I need to figure out what's working for me right now, this stage, this Brittany, (laughs) this 31-year-old Brittany in a doctoral program, living on her own, you know, working, having to work and go to school at the same time. So I had to get out of that mind frame, like, I want to get back to the old Brittany. And that's what I always used to say. I want to get back to the old Brittany. But that old Brittany doesn't work right now. So I right. need to find out like the Brittany that works right now. And also, um, I think this is what I wanted to say. I don't remember what I wanted to say earlier. <laughs> but African-Americans in the healthcare system really don't mesh and um, a yeah. lot. And um, that has been put more on the forefront uh, more recently, um, even though we we knew this information, but maybe a lot of people didn't uh, with the vaccine coming out and things like that mm-hmm. um, and having um, access to care, you know, when the, the virus was, you know, really out there. Uh, so having to get past that point where you want to go speak to someone or you believe what somebody is saying to you that wants to help you and also finding the right person that they want to help you and not just fill you with drugs or you know things of that nature that does take work um and even if you are comfortable you know, with the people I specifically, even if I don't have a problem when I look for like care physicians or anything like that, personally, I look for black women, like, mm-hmm. cause I know they know what I'm talking about, even though if it's not in the textbook or even though, you know, things like that, they, they know the experience. So I know if something does happen, um, you know, they can relate or something like that. And that can go with any race, anybody, anything you want to find somebody that, you know, that can relate to what you're going through or experiencing so they can properly help you, um, with that. Yeah. And even to that point, like my doctor, she's not African-American, but I've been going to her since I was 16 and I'm 36. So she knows you. 
right she know me so you know why would I change you know and I love her because she know like 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 you were saying she knows me mom and what's funny is the reason why I started going to her Brittany because she was my she's and still is she's my mother's physician mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know I was 16 I you know I was getting out of the whole you know pediatrician you know mm-hmm. scene and you know I didn't need to see a pediatrician anymore and my mom was I asked my mother can I go to your doctor because my mother just spoke so highly of her mm-hmm. so you know you're talking about a woman who has been treating my mother well over you know 20 something years you know, and a woman who's been treating me since I was 16, Mm -hmm. you know, so she knows my mom, she knows, you know, me, and I trust her, you know, I, I really trust her, so even if, you know, I'm, and my therapist was black, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, my husband was like, no, find your black therapist, you know, Mm -hmm. flat out, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we got, this is mental, you need, I want you to see somebody, you know, of African-American descent, so, um, you know, I, as you know, I, I love my doctor. And if you find someone, you know, first off, we want you to be comfortable, find somebody that you're comfortable with, even if they're outside, outside of, you know, your race, and they get you, then you stick with them. Like I said, my doctor is not black, and I love her to death. And she is real with me. And she listens to me. I wanted a black therapist, so I got me a black therapist. You know, my um, psychiatrist, she is not um, black, um, but she is not white. Now, I think she's Middle Eastern, but I love her. My weight management doctor is Middle Eastern. Love them to death. So, you <laughs> you know, you want to find people who, one, will listen to you mm-hmm. and who will be on your team. If they're not on your team, because there's some black folks, you know, since we're just talking about, you know, me and Brittany's, you know, race it's black folks are not on our team and we can't just because they black we can't rock with them and that's okay you know but find people that's going to be on your team it's about developing your tribe you got to develop who works for you and who's going to be team you definitely and also um oh I think I figured out what I want to say (laughs) when you were stating that like your husband and your child like notice when something is wrong with you I think that is that's phenomenal um but also being someone well me being someone that lives on my own and nobody can you know see what's going on with me unless they like look at me or they're talking to me right like you have to um not only having that support is very very good uh but you gotta know for yourself because not everybody's gonna be around like you may you know like be functioning like I was in Mm -hmm. school I was doing everything I was there you know assignments tests everything was going well but inside if you didn't know what was going on in my brain you wouldn't have known anything right (laughs) and and there are times honestly where I wish like I was in Brittany's shoes where I was by myself because, you know, you still try, you want to do that ugly cry. You yeah. want to do that real ugly, <laughs> nasty cry. You want to scream, yeah, without somebody coming to the room saying, girl, are you okay? What's wrong with you? You know, sometimes you want to have that moment, that uninterrupted moment mm-hmm. where you can just let it all out in one flow. And sometimes I don't have, I can't do that because I got my babies here and I got my husband here. You know, sometimes I got to do that silent, ugly cry, you know, because even though my husband, he's, you know, he'll let me do it. 
But my kids, they still don't understand. They still gonna be looking at me like, well, mommy, what was wrong with you? Why was you crying? Yeah. You know, so it's about that nice balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very transparent to a point with my kids. No, I don't tell them everything because I want them to still be kids and I want mm-hmm. them to still have that innocence about them. But when mommy's feelings are hurt, I just tell them, you know, mommy's feelings were hurt. You know, I I talk to them and I have boys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, it's important as a mom of African-American boys to let them know, talk to someone about your feelings. If you are sad or if you're hurt, if you need to cry, please cry. You know, if you need a hug, you know, I'll see my oldest, he walking around he's telling me, do you need a hug? And he'll just come over to me and just put his head on me and he'll just start crying. And I'm like, it's okay. Like mommy had us moments too, but you gotta be, even for my husband, I'm looking at him like, you all right? You good? You know, he's like, yeah. Or he'll say, you know, you know, I'm kind of off. I'm like, yeah, I noticed that we gotta be able to talk and be vulnerable. It's the whole, I feel like the healing process for mental health is being vulnerable Mm -hmm. because if we can't be vulnerable and talk about it, you're not going to be able to heal from it. Definitely. And I feel like um, like one of my little points I have here for the importance of taking care of yourself is being healthy. And I don't define health um, with, you know, not feeling, not always feeling well or, you know, you're always happy and things of that nature. I feel right. like being healthy is part of knowing when something is wrong and knowing how to deal with it. And, you know, work through it, coping, doing whatever you need to do, you know, to fix it. It's not only, um, what do they call it? Like the absence of disease or the absence of, you know, negative. It's, you know, learning how to go through the cycle. And I I definitely feel like um, I really wanted to step back from school and take all the advice that everybody was saying because I wanted to enjoy the process like I wasn't enjoying it and (laughs) it's literally taken me 10 years to get into pharmacy school and I'm just like I I loved what I was doing but the process like enjoying the whole thing outside of classes inside of classes working in different organizations like I just I was just going through the motions it really wasn't enjoyable for me and I wanted I wanted that experience because I'm not going back to school after this <laughs> and I'm not yeah, gonna I get this back this. like it's a wrap I mean I can't, get, I can't go no higher than the PhD like I, right. I can't I, I'll teach people you know but this is it like I'm, I'm done after this like yeah. Done, done. yeah you know but you do you have to be vulnerable Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we as society, what we're missing, we're not vulnerable with one another. We're so scared of showing that softer side in fear of, you know, appearing like we're weak or, you know, like somebody's going to hurt you. Sometimes when you're being vulnerable, you do it for yourself. You're not doing it for Mm-hmm. the reaction of other people or the the understanding of other people you do it because you you your body needs to shed you know one of my you know good sorority sisters she's my um pseudo ella she always tells me she's like have you had your good cry today she's like, i have my good cry today and i feel great and, and you know and it works <laughs> for her for me that don't work for me like if i cry i'm gonna get sleepy and i'm gonna take it because like i need to reboot you know like that's too much 
but sometimes I will have that good cry, you know, and she always checks me. You had your good cry today. And for her, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, she would just, you know, have that good cry, have that good scream. And she, it releases things for her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she's figured that I try it, you know, and it does help sometimes, but again, I get tired <laughs> and I get sleepy. Then I'm like, yep, sounds like nap. <laughs> and for me, naps, nap work. People can't take naps like yeah. I can take naps. You know, they not going to function that well. Me, I can take a nap, get up, do what I got to do, take another nap, get up, do what I got to do. That's just me. Yeah, I can't nap anymore. I won't get up. That, you know, that's just <laughs> I take my naps, you know, but that that's my coping. That's my thing, you know. But, you know, just, you know, even, you know, starting a group of people. It doesn't have to be people that you know. There's so many people out there that are going through the exact same thing and they need support. Start a group with them. It is not everybody that's in your personal life. And I'm saying this to um, for grad students, both master and doctoral, everybody in your life is not going to be going on this journey with you. They can't. It's not for them to go with you. So, and that includes your mother, father, grandmother, husbands, boyfriend, kids, whoever. It's not every journey that we're on in our life is we can't take everybody with us. And it's okay. It's not meant for them to go. What that does, though, is leaves room for other people that you can pick up along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, you can add those people into your circle, you know, like. I guess I uh, started when I started my project and I'm talking to my nutritionist, you know, and again, she, um, her business is serendipity, um, nutrition and wellness. Like, I love the fact that her and I's relationship started as a manager employee relationship. Mm -hmm. And she's like a second mom to me now. Like even at work, I could talk to her about these deep things and it, it was a safe, space mm-hmm. you know and how many people can really say they can talk to their manager at work about these deep things mm-hmm. and it was a, still a safe place mm-hmm. you know she would walk past my office and say uh-uh, what's wrong with you <laughs> and I look at her like how you know something wrong with she's like I know my people what's wrong with you come in my mm-hmm. office right now come on you know so we built that connection and that's why I'm so comfortable working with her Mm-hmm. You know, I trust my health in her hands. Definitely. I you think know, having that village um, of different people, do. mentorship, um, anything of that nature where you have like your people, your specific people you can go to for, you know, like specific things that, you know, can help guide, lead. They're not even, not even going for them for answers, but just to listen. Yes. Don't <laughs> go to everybody for an answer. Sometimes you just need to talk it out. Yeah. And when you talk about you feel better, it's like, oh, okay, I can go about my day now. <laughs> Definitely. And I think, um, well, my one of my last things about the importance of taking care of yourself is just like normalizing rest and normalizing, I guess, things that you enjoy. Because yeah. I would be the type of person that's like, I don't, I have all these things to do. I don't have time to, you know, like do something that I enjoy. Uh, last year I did incorporate, um, I used, 
I used to be a dancer when I was younger. I did like ballet, tap, things of that nature. So since I was in Chicago, I went back to my dance company. And once a week, I would go take a class. And it felt so good. But I had to get it through to my brain that you need this time. Even though Mm -hmm. that this one hour, you could have been doing something else. You need this time. So when you come back for your next hour of work, it will be, you know, like refreshing. You'll be a little refreshed and you can do it a little bit better than if you just sat here and powered through all this work without doing something that you actually enjoy. And I'm saying that, you know, I don't enjoy my work, my schoolwork and things like that, but it's different things that feed you in different ways. Yeah, you have to be able to schedule that stuff into your day. Like look at Shannon, like we just flow because proper planning was definitely my next thing. And here's the thing, like I schedule what I call focus time. Yeah. Um, my Microsoft, I I use Outlook for everything. And Outlook will send these little notifications like, hey, don't you want to schedule some focus time? And I'm like, well, that's focus time. I ain't got time for that. So I looked (laughs) at it and I'm like, oh, it's just time where you just block it off in your in your calendar to just do whatever you need to focus on. So literally every day from, ten, from eight o'clock in the morning until 10, that's my focus time. That's the time where I can, if I want to get up and, and journal, if I want to get up and meditate and pray, or if I want to, you know, get ready for my day, that's my time. Mm-hmm. That's Shannon time. I do whatever I want during that focus time. Yeah. You know, and at know 10 o'clock, talking- oh, go ahead. Get, my oh. take, get my day going. Yeah. And I know we're talking about a lot, but I feel like proper planning, you can incorporate all of these things, like Mm -hmm. all the things that you want to do, your coping, um, your outside time, your therapy, uh, just the things that you have to do, school work and things of that nature. You can get anything done. And I feel like proper planning definitely will allow you to do everything. It does. (laughs) It does. You just have to schedule it. Yeah, because Shannon can definitely tell you. I'll text her in a minute. I can't figure out how to do. (laughs) She does. I'm like, okay, girl, I got you. Hold on. Let me see this link. (laughs) And then months later, I'm like, I don't know why I didn't listen to you the first time you said it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's coming around now and it's definitely working. (laughs) Or even like if if Brittany, like if I know she's asked me something, like I've sent her like inserts, like, girl, check these inserts out. These might work for you because I know you said you like doing X, Y, and Z. You know, like just like send people, you know, little nuggets of, oh, you know, you remember, you know, because I'm pretty sure like when I would send people things, I know for me, when people send me stuff like that, it's like, oh, you remember the conversation, like, (laughs) oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, so just, you know, just vibe with people, you know, I know it kind of sounds really hippie-ish, but you know, that's (laughs) where like, that's them people was happy, okay? (laughs) Like, we need to get back to just being professional hippies and just, just zone out and just you know be happy but still be productive yes yes and if you didn't get it done guess what you got tomorrow definitely and maybe planning in those things you know that time where you know just in case things have to be scooted over to the next day or the next hour having that time like proper planning (laughs) I just can't (laughs) say it anymore but this was so like even having this conversation um it was very therapeutic for me like getting those things out um talking about it like this has been something I've been wanting to do for a while um even before I went through like my temporary withdrawal from school and dealing with everything I 
I just knew that this was something important that needed to be talked about. Um, and I'm very happy and thankful that Shannon decided to be um, open with us and join me on this episode. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, I jumped right on it. As soon as you put the filter out there, I was like, oh, let me tell my story because <laughs> people need to hear this. And I mean, I, I give kudos to you, Brittany, for even doing this because, I mean, you know, and again, it's, it's really important, especially for the African-American community, not just women, but for our men, you know, to, to know that it is okay for you to need to talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, if it has to be somebody outside of your circle, then you go find that, that non-biased person and you go talk to them. You don't have to talk to the people that's in your circle because sometimes they don't even know your business that way. Yeah, definitely. You know, but just talk to somebody. But there needs to be more conversations like this. Um, and Brittany, I'm definitely going to like invite you to the retreat that I'm hosting for my SJP project because mm. like, you know, everybody needs to be you know a part like everybody needs this I think mm-hmm. after when COVID started it it literally forced people to deal mm-hmm. with everything definitely you had no choice but to deal definitely definitely well thank you so much and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you guys later bye